This is Michael Oku, and you are listening to Wrestle It. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Flight of Five, podcast all about top fives in wrestling. I am your host, the Rated G Superstar, Ryan Dilbert, and joining me today is Bleacher Report columnist, co-host of Grapsity, and one of the rising stars of wrestling media, Phil Lindsay. Phil, how are you, man? I'm good. I don't know if I've ever been called a rising star. Oh. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. It's, I mean, I see your stuff everywhere. You're getting, you're getting, uh, Grapsity's growing. You know, just take it. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'll take the compliment. I just said I, I've never been described as a rising star, but it sounds good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's put let's put that on the uh, on the business card. And you know, I know your work primarily through um, your coverage of women's wrestling, and you are someone who has worked hard to showcase that side of things. What what is it about women's wrestling that that appeals to you, and, and why do you love it so much? Um, I think um, at, at one point when I was really, really uh, trying to get back in WWE, I thought the most exciting stuff they had was mm. the women's stuff, um, especially around 2016, 2015. Um, and just watching where that women's division was, you know, five or six years ago and how, how fast it had grown. Um, just, I mean, even Becky at her height was, I felt like the biggest star in the company at one point. Yeah, you could definitely um, argue that. Yeah, just seeing how that has... Um, help to change the rest of the industry as well as like more indie promotions are booking Wendy's women's matches. Cause there were some indie promotions that would not book women's matches. Mm-hmm. Like it, it might sound crazy now to some people, but there were indie promotions that didn't have a women's title um, like five, four years ago. Now it's yeah. kind of unheard of to do that. Um, and if, if you don't have a women's title, you know, the internet's kind of going to jump on you. So <laughs> yeah. um, no, it's they, jump, been- they jump on new Japan. And New Japan's like we don't have women. Come on, man. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's just been a uh, it's been great to watch um, how how far women's wrestling has come in the U.S. Um, and then along with that, just learn more about stuff like Joshi wrestling and other wrestling. Um, you know, I started when I started writing about women about wrestling. It was strictly women's wrestling because I started at Diva Dirt and then I went on to write at Bell to Bell. So when I first started, that's all I wrote about. Mm-hmm. I mean. That's that's really where I'm headed. I think like there's just so much talent out there, and you could just exclude the men from it and have a great experience as a fan. I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's man. There's more avenues to enjoy women's wrestling. I feel like than there was, you know, at at the peak during the Attitude Era, where which that's people. Some people's you know, that's their favorite era of wrestling, mm-hmm. but. I feel like women's wrestling has come so far since then. I mean, you got stuff like Mission Pro, Shimmer still around. Um, Stardom is really killing it right now. So yeah, it's a, it's a good time to be excited for women's wrestling. For sure. Yeah, in today's topic, we're going to talk about our top five most underappreciated women's wrestlers today. And that's that's kind of a tough thing to define, underappreciated. Like, you know, how do you measure underappreciated? How do you how do you define it? Like, is it underpushed? Um, the not getting love for the fans or the critics? Phil, this topic, how do you tackle something that's kind of a psychological, you know, or philosophical hard thing to, to wrap your head around? Um, I think I just kind of approached it in a way where I felt like, hey, 
who are five women who I think either don't get spoken about as highly in certain circles or, mm. you know, in some ways don't, might not have, might've gotten a push at one point, but now people have kind of, you know, slept on them for the last few years. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how I picked pick my five women. Yeah, I, I went a similar route. Um, but then I also kind of made a rule for myself. I don't want to make it five Joshi women. Um, just just for the sake of variety, I could definitely do that because Joshi itself uh, is underappreciated by a yeah. lot of Western fans. Um, and then if they do watch Joshi, it's mostly stardom. Right. So there's all these other companies. And I was like, I wanted to talk about some of those women to make sure to kind of to balance things out. Um, and as usual, folks, we are going to go blind in here. I have not seen Phil's list. He has not seen mine. So we'll see if and when we overlap. Um, but before we do that, let's make sure um, to talk our honorable mentions. Phil, anybody not make the list you wanted to shout out? Um, did not make my list, but I think that Riho is kind of unappreciated. Um, and not to say that, you know, she's not popular with certain fans or that she wasn't initially pushed by AEW. Like there was one point where she held two championships. She was a mm-hmm. AEW Women's World Champion and High Speed Champion for um, Stardom. But I don't think that she got necessarily the credit that she deserved in that first year as inaugural champion. And I do think that she was kind of unpopular when she first came over to stardom because people knew right away she was going to be book strong. Like it, mm-hmm. it kind of made some of her magic predictable. But I think she's just a really good wrestler, man. And I think also people kind of have this issue with her size for some reason. Um, but who cares? Like it's wrestling, man. <laughs> it's it's wrestling. Um, so. I, I think she's unappreciated. She's my honorable. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think you you look at her, she's small, and then she has that like, you know, cutesy look. And it's very common in Japan. So I think when she comes over here, people are like, what's this little dress you got on? Like kind of assume that she's like a doll or cutesy, but but she's a she's a badass. She's just, you know, just dresses like that. It's a whole different thing. Uh, my honorable mentions, um, I went for Ivelisse, someone who is really talented, but when you think of her, you think of her the personal issues. You think of Very uh, backstage person. stuff. You know, I don't know how much of that is true, you know, how much of it is exaggerated, but, like, you, the talk is not about her talent. And I, I've seen her live several times. There's a bit, definitely a presence there. Like, she feels like a star. She feels like a badass. She's a really good brawler. But, you know, there's this black cloud hanging over her wherever. So, kind of, it takes her down a peg. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Let's see. We are going to go now to the real list. Top five, top five. Um, Phil, you can start off. What's your number five? Uh, My number five is the current Mission Pro Women's Champion, Holy Dead. Um, I think Holy Dead's been around for a while. Um, when you look at her career, she's kind of been all over the place. She's wrestled for Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Um, she had that stint with Rosa as a Twisted Sisters, um, where they were a fantastic tag team. They went over to stardom and wrestled as a tag team. Um, but I don't think that she gets kind of the looks that she should. And she's never been signed to a big company, um, which I think is just kind of weird. Um, you mm-hmm. don't see a lot of Black women's wrestlers that do like a I don't want to just say her gimmick is a horror gimmick, but it kind of is. 
So, yeah. and I, I think her look is unique. I think, you know, when you compare her to so many other wrestlers out there, she's distinct. Um, but for whatever reason, she just doesn't get a lot of um, nods. You don't see her on a lot of um, top lists. You don't see her featured on a lot of videos or anything. But I think she definitely deserves it. Yeah, um, you mentioned the team with Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa obviously blew up since then and is like this massive star. And then you're right, she kind of got left behind. Um, I didn't even think of her, which that kind of says a lot about, you know, where she is in our minds, I think, or in the discussion, like too low. I'm trying to find where she was in the PWI 150, if she even made it. She made it. I can't think off the top of my head where she landed. It's she looking pretty low. Oh, 82. There you go. Um, which is, that's not a, um, you know, it's not gospel where, where that is. It's just kind of a, I think, an indication of who's getting buzz. You know, because Utami is number three, or sorry, number two. Because last year was so much buzz with Stardom, so much buzz with her. Um, and Holly Dead, not, not nearly as much. Obviously. Hmm. Okay. Excellent start. Uh, I went, I sort of cheated. <laughs> we said active wrestlers. This is someone who's kind of barely active and at the end of their career, but I don't think technically retired. And I went with jazz number five, someone who's most famous for her work in the early 2000 WWE and then went on to wrestle kind of everywhere. Uh, NWA, the Indies, Chikara even, mm-hmm. um, she uh, she's a, talk about badass, right? Like imit- intimidating, can throw you around. I saw her at um, down here in Texas. They have a, a show called Ladies Night Out. Yeah, at uh, Booker T's gym, and she came out one of those shows. It just felt different. Like all, all these good wrestlers came out, and everybody's cheering. But when Jazz came out. It was like, she is special. She is something else. And you could just feel it in the building. Um, she doesn't get love for what she's doing now, but I think also kind of forgotten when we talk about the history of WWE wrestlers. We talk about Trish, we talk about Lita, and Jazz not, not so much. Um, the funny thing about that is I was very close to putting Jazz on my list. Mm. Um, and I wasn't sure if it worked in the confines of it being a current wrestler. That was oh. the only reason why I didn't. And, and, yeah. But no, she is absolutely underappreciated. And to your point with uh, Lita and Trish, she beat Lita and Trish at WrestleMania um, yeah. and, and retained her title. Um, she's one of the few Black women that have walked into WrestleMania as champion and walked back out as champion. Um, as a matter of fact, I think that she is the only Black woman to do that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's way past due that she inducted into Hall of Fame. I think it's sad that she was was not called to be in the Royal mm. Rumble at this point. Um, I've enjoyed seeing her doing stuff like going to Pro Wrestling Eve or, mm-hmm. you know, doing shows like um, Black Girls Magic and other stuff within this year doing her retirement tour. Even her stuff in Impact was good. But, yeah, she, that's the thing that's missing is just that she hasn't gotten that call from WWE and she deserved it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And bonus points for the um, looking so badass with the bald head. Like, yeah. Man, not everybody yeah. can pull that off. <laughs> yeah, I thought when she came back and 
I can't remember which uh, Double or Nothing that was. It might have been the first one when she came back and did the Battle Royal and she had the reveal with the mask and she had the body. I mm. thought that was great. Mm-hmm. Just plays up that tough, tough stuff on that side of things. Um, let's head then to your number four. My number four is Nyla Rose. I think Nyla is one of those women that has been there since day one with AEW. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that she's looked at in the same light as someone like Hikaru Shida. Um, She's been a champion. She's the company's first Black women's champion. But I mean, it just just seems like there's always so much negativity around her. And I mean, Mm -hmm. of course, we know what that is. You know, there's the transphobia around it. But I also just think that people don't give her credit for being a, a pretty solid wrestler. I think she's a, I think she's a good promo. Um, we saw this week with some of the uh, controversy with that uh, Vicky Guerrero segment. Mm-hmm. I don't think she needs a manager, man. I think that she's a good enough talker on her own. She's a larger than life personality. I think that she has one of the best Twitter accounts out there. Um, <laughs> has, sure. has, has a phenomenal swan time bomb. I think she's tremendous, and I just don't think that she gets nearly enough love. Just definitely, I think a lot of that's the transphobia stuff. I mean, that's that ends up being the conversation. You know, like the 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 fan with the sign was a big story, um, and then just on like you're talking about Twitter, like she's always battling some troll um, who's got something to say about that, which that must be so exhausting. Yeah, like you're just being you. And someone's got to have an issue with it. Like, God, you know? Yeah, but the thing that I always commend her on, uh, even when she comes back at um, Trolls and stuff, um, she does it in a funny way. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. even if you just look at her usual Twitter account, I'm sure she gets a ton of stuff in her mentions all the time. But she still always seems like she's having a blast on Twitter. She's always funny. Um, I yeah. just think she's great. Um there are some people that think she should turn her face, but I think that's a testament to how much, you know, she's so likable online. Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a good thought. And maybe I think sometimes the, the, the big powerhouse women aren't given the credit, you know, for what yeah. they're doing because they're, you know, it's just a different style. But, you know, you don't expect her to be doing some springboard whatever move. Like she works her style she works well yeah and you know i i think she became, i think she was crowned champion at a uh unfortunately bad time with COVID. because i think her reign would have gone over better but you know it was just such a bad time for live shows mm-hmm. it was a bad time for the world like people just were in such you know bad spirits bad, bad spirits and there was so mm-hmm. much uncertainty about you know when we were going to be able to go back to normal And, you know, she had just started her reign. And so, yeah, I just think, you know, I think she will get the strap again. Um, Hopefully, you know, she gets to enjoy it in front of live crowds. Yeah, I think that's headed that way. Um, Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to head Joshi for number four. It's not going to be the only time, but um, I went with Saki Aki, uh, a.k.a. Sakasama. Bill, do you know much about her? Yeah. So, the, you know, the joke is that there's two different people, <laughs> which I think is so funny. I mean, it's like uh, the, the long body, the same style, but I like that it's like it almost, you're like, 
it must feel like it is to two people sometimes because our characters are so distinct. And Tokyo Joshi, she's that French aristocrat um, with the, her, her whole gang. And then everywhere else, she's Saki. Um, and as Saki just had a hell of a match with, with Maya Yukihi in the, the DDT 20th anniversary show. And with, with women like this, I think sometimes pretty women get downgraded right away because yeah. you think, oh, well, well, this must be, um, this must be a, a model trying to wrestle. This must be, you know, whatnot. But she can go, you know, she's not, she's not the top tier of um, workers, but tells great stories, great character, and can have great matches. So all across the board. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. Um, I think a lot of uh, Western fans won't know who she is. And, you know, that speaks to, you know, her being unappreciated. But that goes to your other point about just Joshi wrestling in general. There are mm-hmm. a lot of Joshi wrestlers that people um, just don't know about. And so they don't know to give them, you know, their flowers. Uh, mm-hmm. And there are a lot of fans that didn't know who Maki Iso was until last year. And oh, just seeing, that's true. See, seeing how, how fast she got over with American fans is just like, Man, there are a lot of Joshi wrestlers that are the mm-hmm. same way. I think once they come over here, um, you know, more people will get it, get to see what is so great about them and, you know, Tokyo Joshi or wherever else they work. Yeah, and then hopefully, you know, this deal with Wrestle Universe, Tokyo Joshi's on there. Um, it's just a lot more accessible. Maybe you go, maybe you go check out Noah or DDT and then. While you're there, you suck out Josh, Tokyo Joshi or you, you know, just dig around. Um, hopefully people check that stuff out, but it's not as hard as I'm going to mention some other names. We're going to have to go dig in the Internet to go find their work. But she's right there accessible. One of the best deals in wrestling, Wrestle Universe. Um, I'm not paid to say that, but I mean, that's just that's just facts. So we are now in the top three. Uh, Phil, who'd you go for? Number three. Uh, my number three is Shayna Baszler. In my opinion, mm-hmm. there are there are probably maybe two or three women's wrestlers that you can put on the list of best technical wrestlers in the world. Um, I think Deanna Perrazzo is up there, but I think Shayna is also up there. I think Shayna is one of the best technical wrestlers in the world. Um, I think she works such a distinct style. Um, and when you, when you saw what she can really do as a heel and a wrestler in NXT, it's like, man, once you get her in the right situation on the main roster, it should be off mm-hmm. the races. And it just hasn't been that. And it's kind of confusing why it hasn't been that, because she's just so good. Um, and in terms of just like a natural heel, just somebody that can do the promos, that can do all of the stuff to get herself booed, um, she's got it. And for whatever reason, she just hasn't taken off like that on Raw or SmackDown. Um, and I think that's a shame. Like, they had, like, a graphic up recently of, you know, which of these women will become, you know, Raw or Raw women's or Raw, SmackDown women's champion in the next year. And I was just stunned that Shayna's on this graphic. And I'm like, hmm. and it's not that I didn't know that, but it's just like, when you really think about it, it's like, wow, she hasn't been champion on the main roster yet. Um and I just think that's a shame. I thought that uh, it seemed like they were behind her ahead of that uh, program with Becky heading into WrestleMania. And then she just lost to Becky. And that was kind of it. Um, it's, 
it's yeah. baffling. I don't quite understand it. I mean, that's like a, a sign of the disconnect between NXT and the main roster. Like in NXT, I felt like they they understood what she was and, and they appreciated it and made her like so dominant and, and so convincing. And you, yeah, you would think, you know, with the MMA background, the Vince would be all over that. You know, he loves the, oh, this person played football. This person was a boxer. He loves that. Um, yeah. I don't know yeah. if it's like just her style, her look, like whatever, but I would, I mean, I'd put her on the top uh, of my promotion if she's around. Like, yeah. Like that, that legitimacy. Then you have the, the technical stuff you're talking about. And just, she just brings it. Like, I don't know what's missing, like you're saying. Yeah, I, I know that they're trying to go younger with some of their wrestlers now, and I know she's one of the older women on the roster. Maybe that's partially what it is, mm. but it I just I don't even I don't think that should hinder her. Um, it just feels like everything they want out of Ronda, she can do better. She cuts better promos uh, than yeah. Ronda. She works better than Ronda. Um, it just feels like they should have had more to do with her, especially when Ronda was gone all that time. It seems like yep, yep, yep. they should have been building her. Like by the time Ronda came back, that should have been a match. Ronda versus Shayna. That's a no-brainer right there. Yeah. And like maybe she just doesn't understand what she is, I guess. Cause what was that stuff with her and the blood? Like <laughs> what? I only saw that from the outside. Was she a vampire? Or was that a thing? Like Yeah, uh when she debuted uh ahead of the program with Becky, she bit Becky's neck for whatever reason. And they never really explained why she did that. She just, okay. just kind of did it. And that was kind of in the lead up to uh, Elimination Chamber, I think. Hmm. That's um, an, odd, an odd direction to go. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. It was like, she doesn't need to do that. She's, I don't her know. Her gimmick she, is obvious. She's a fighter. Yeah, her gimmick is, is is very easy to do. She twists um, the limbs. She, she hurts you. Got it. Yeah. Um, they just make it, I just feel like WWE makes it difficult sometimes. Yeah. Um, you got you got a layup right there. Just make it. Yeah. And I mean, they don't have anybody else on that roster that looks like her or wrestles like her. They don't have anybody that can do a similar character to that. I don't understand why they wouldn't just push her. Yeah. Well, there's a, a lot of questions I have for Vince. Uh, that'll be one of them. Uh, let's head then to my number three. I went local here in Texas. Rachel Rose uh, from the Texas Indies. So we have a really good scene down here. Thunder Rosa came from Texas. AQA is now with AW. Roxy just got signed. Hyon is really good. All those, you know, all those wrestlers get some buzz to different degrees. Yeah. But Rachel Rose, Rachel Rose, like, I don't hear her name. Um, But she wrestled all those women. And she killed it against all those women, um, but just overlooked. Like, she's plenty talented. She's tough. Some of the nastiest kicks you're gonna see around. Um, and, and just feels like she understands her character. You know, there's like cocky, nasty. It's, you know, she. It, it's a fit. It, a great fit. I, I have not seen her really get. So, so bookings outside of Texas and up to this date, no, no majors calling her up either. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, you would think that more people see something in Rachel. Um, yeah, that is, yeah, because I mean, I know that she's done, um, she's done Impact, right? I'm going to take a look because a lot of people have, um, there must be some kind of train between Texas scene and, and Impact because you, you do see a lot of those go over there. I don't follow Impact closely, just peek in every once in a while. Yeah. But um, I'm seeing a lot of Ring of Honor, uh, Ring, uh, Reality Wrestling, New Texas, which are all great promotions. Um, come on now, cage match. Do your thing. <laughs> impact, Impact, here we go. Um, oh, I'm seeing one match, at least on cage match, this year um, against Masha Slamovich. Right, that's the one minute, one minute. So she looks like she was working uh, enhancement talent style. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of because I know that she worked impact, but I couldn't remember was she there for a minute or was it just for like literally a minute? Yeah, that's what Cage Match says one minute. Uh, but yeah, she's she's really good. Uh, it is surprising that she hasn't been booked more outside of Texas and she hasn't been booked um, at, at any of the major companies yet. Um, yeah, so maybe, maybe somebody will, we put it out in the universe, so maybe things will go along. Okay, we're moving along quite good here. We're already at your number two, Phil. Who you got? Uh, my number two is going to sound kind of crazy to some people because okay. I don't know if it, in some circles she's not underappreciated at all. Um, I'm going to go with Mayu Iwatani as number two. And my reasons why is because I just feel like out of the three from Freedom, um, Eok has come over and had success in America. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyrie at least had a solid run with WWE before she went back to stardom. But I feel like I feel like Mayu didn't have the run in America that either of them had. So some Western fans are not aware of just how really good she is. I know that she had the Ring of Honor stuff, but you know a lot of fans don't watch Ring of Honor. They weren't yeah. watching any of the Women of Honor stuff when she was champion. Um, and then I, I think the Ring of Honor kind of mishandled her. Um, I know she did like the brief appearance with Lucha Underground like the other members of Freedom did as mm-hmm. well. But I just still feel like she doesn't have the foothold here in America that I feel like she should. Um, and just looking at a lot of top lists sometimes, like when she was having that big run in stardom, I didn't hear a lot of people here talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was a shame. And I think even now, like, I think she's still doing great stuff there. But I just don't see see where she's talked about as highly as some of the other um, top women's wrestlers in the world. And I think she belongs there. Yeah, um, that's a surprising name in the sense that, like, in my circle, in, you know, my crew, she's number one in our hearts. You know, like, there's so much Mayu talk. But outside of the, the Joshi fan circle, I could definitely see that because there's there's not the American experience or not very much of it. And she should really be in the best in the world conversation every year, I male agree. or female. I agree. Um, and you don't see that unless it's, you know, Joshi people. So it's like if you are seeing her, you're appreciating her. If you're not seeing her, um, you're, you're not getting that. So... Go see Mayu Iwatani's everything. Just plug into any of her matches. Just, I mean, she, I, I could talk a lot about her. Like, 
so good at making you care, making you care about the pain she's experiencing, whether or not she wins. I, I don't think you need to be familiar with her either. You just pop yeah. on one of her title matches and it, it, she'll draw you in like right away. So if, you know, I think people are intimidated by new to them companies or, you know, Joshi, because you're like, oh, I don't know these people. I don't know. You'll figure it out. It's, it's very clear who she is. She's like one of the best, like pure of heart baby faces you're going to see. She's going to try really hard. She's going to get her ass kicked and then she's going to kick some ass right back. It's yeah. It's um, straightforward. I would say that, you know, EO is probably, probably the most well-known woman in the world to come from stardom. But I feel like her heel turn at the time doesn't work the same if Mayu wasn't the person she turned on. Mm, like yeah. I feel I feel like a lot of people felt that when she split with uh with Thunder Rock because you know Mayu is such a good baby face. Mm, so likable. Absolutely. Okay. Well kind of kind of threw me off there because I did not expect to see her. But it's a it depends, like you said, how do we define underappreciated? So that's 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 specific to the audience which audience we're talking about, underappreciated for sure. Um, my number two is also in Japan, Mio Momono, uh, Pro Wrestling Wave. Someone who's currently injured, so not talked about a lot because of that, but a star, of a, a, like an ace. Like you, you can tell right now she's going to be an ace somewhere. Um, and someone you might also look at her and kind of, have a certain idea she's very short she's kind of cutesy has a little pink outfit and you might underestimate her there but she's a warrior like she's um she's another ass kicker and one of the fastest wrestlers you ever see just spitting around the ring like a, a, a cartoon so that's something that if you're not familiar with her you'll just be amazed right away and, and that's that's an easy way to to develop a fandom for her yeah i think uh most of the wrestlers from wave you can make an argument that most of them are underappreciated because mm. um, in terms of like Joshi promotions, most people like that are starting to watch Joshi from here, either they watch stardom or some people are getting into uh, TJP, but you don't hear a lot of people that say they watch um, wave or like marvelous or something like mm -hmm. that. That's true. I kind of thought about just doing number two, pro wrestling wave as like underappreciated <laughs> all, all across the board. Because like I said, it's at least number three, number four, number five on the um, on the Joshi, you know, buzz ranking. That I don't know. It's in my circle. It's sort of changing, and you know, my Joshi friends and writers are talking more about that company right now because they're doing really great things. Um, so hopefully, more you know, more people will see that and see Miyamono specifically because she's something special. I, I, I think that's obvious right away. Yeah, I agree. Ooh, so, okay. We have not overlapped yet. You almost did with Jazz, but we did not quite. Uh, number one, number one, are we already there? Phil, who is your top? Uh, my number one, I don't, I, this might not come as a surprise for anybody that follows me on Twitter, but it's Naomi, man. I think that Naomi is one of those wrestlers that WWE has not nearly scratched the surface with her. 
Mm-hmm. I say all the time they are leaving a ton of money on the table every year that they do not push Naomi because she's so marketable. Um, and she's just been, she's somebody that's been there forever. She's been there since the Divas era. Um, and I don't feel like she's ever really gotten her due. Um, when you look at all of the stuff that she's been a part of, she hasn't really had many meaningful storylines outside of Sonya's stuff this year. Um, I know that she was champion. Um, she wanted WrestleMania 33. Um, but still, even that reign, it just didn't feel like, it just felt like they could have done so much more. Um, I, she had that glow belt, and I thought that was really cool. They didn't even sell the things. I mean, they sold that uh, hideous fiend belt, but they couldn't. $5,000. Yeah, couldn't try to sell a glow belt, which was incredibly marketable, in my opinion. Um, I just think that everything she does is just so unique. It's not like, no, I don't see anybody else there that, you know, works like she does. Um, she puts so much creativity into her presentation and her entrance. And I just don't feel like she is appreciated nearly enough by the fans or by the company. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I always see so much desire to see more of her. Like people are pushing for that. And then WWE like never quite taps into it. Yeah. You know, I, I talked about that once on the internet and people came at me and like, what are her top five matches? And I was like, well, you know, if we did that, like that's not the true measurement of a great wrestler in a lot of cases. Like, she, no, she doesn't. I don't know if she has like five superb matches, but she has one of the most interesting characters and, and personality and WWE is more often about the story and the moment and, and, and all these things. It's not always about the matches. Like don't give them a whole bunch of time for one. And you think WWE, like you, you, that's a wrestler who would appeal to kids, like with the glow stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Isn't that what you want? I, I, I always find that fascinating that the desire for her rises and then they kind of go, well, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. I think yeah, that it's just, it's maybe too organic for them. They, they want to choose who's there or not, but like, I can see the desire. And I'm not even someone who follows that company. I see fans all over the place. We want more Naomi. Yeah. Cause I mean, that hashtag came out for a while that Naomi deserves more. Mm-hmm. And I, I, definitely agree with you in the sense that there's always these kind of weird arguments of oh well you know she's so great you know what are her top five matches what are her best moments what are her best promos and it's kind of a flawed question because it's like if you don't give her the chance to wrestle um some of the best workers you have on the roster when Mm -hmm. is she gonna have those top five matches um she just had that great main event against uh charlotte but that's because they actually gave them time and let them wrestle i mean uh, the thing that people are missing with Naomi is um, when she first got there and along for a long time during the Divas era, the women weren't getting time. So when were you going to pick top five matches from that era? There wasn't, mm-hmm. there wasn't enough for her to do. She wasn't getting storylines. Um, I mean, I think that she had some great matches with Paige back then. I think that she's had good matches with like Natalia. Um, but I feel like those are all deep cuts. And I think that's, kind of to my point of people going, oh, well, she doesn't have any of these five-star matches. It's like, well, when is she going to have them if they don't <laughs> book her to have them? If, they don't, if mm-hmm. they don't give her the TV time and they don't give her the matches to shine like they would for somebody like Charlotte, when would you see them? 
Absolutely. Yeah, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, you just, it's a cycle. Like, don't give it to them. They're not going to get it. Um, I mean, she may never be like an elite worker, but there's so many other elements to the business. You know, yeah. Hulk Hogan, not my favorite guy, but a very successful wrestler, was never a five-star wrestler. Yeah, and um, I mean... That was all hit factor. Exactly. And I mean, the thing, when, when people act like she can't work, I compare it to what worked in Attitude Era. Um, if you look at how she works, um, there were a lot of wrestlers during Attitude Era that she's better than them. She's more athletic than them. Um, her style is more unique than theirs. She, she's better than a lot of wrestlers that people consider legends. She is. Mm -hmm. And I just think that when you say that in certain circles, people are like, oh, no way. But that's mm -hmm. because of the way that they presented her for so long. And definitely better than someone like uh, Lacey Evans or, um, <laughs> you know, who's, who's getting all kinds of stuff too, right? Like, yeah, there's, so. I, yeah, there's, I don't know, man. She just, uh, it just seems like for her tenure in that company that she should have gotten more by now. Yeah, I mean, the, the market was there. Um, we'll see how long that goes because eventually you get tired. I mean, you get tired of waiting and then you're not as interested anymore. So maybe she goes elsewhere. Maybe they eventually, you know, tap into that. But I'm kind of kind of depressed thinking about that now. Just just leaving money on the table like that. Yeah, it is. It's it's strange. Um, and I mean, it looks like she's probably going to win a tag belt with Sasha next weekend in Mania. But I just still think that there should be more. And I think it's, it's frustrating, too, when you talk about certain Black wrestlers that don't get the push that they deserve. And people always go, OK, well, they were champion at this point. It's like, why do we always have to settle for one title reign? Why can't they get more? Why can't they ever mm -hmm. get a rematch? Why can't they ever have multiple title reigns? And, and that's like, a, that doesn't mean everything. The title, every title run is different. Is it presented as a big deal once they win the title? Are they given these great stories afterwards? Yeah. I mean, we just had the Big E run where, um, yeah, he won the title, but did they fully back him? Did they, you know, it didn't feel like the same kind of title run you've seen from other folks. So yeah. you can't just look on the chart and say, oh, well, they've checked that box. It's a whole different, it's a whole different thing so, depending so on the scenario. Enough. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and a lot of people, their first reign isn't usually the good reign that people remember them for, but it's usually their second or third reign. Like, look at somebody like AJ Styles. AJ Styles' first reign was okay, but it's really that second reign that he's known for. That was the year-long reign. Um, mm. And so when you do things like say, okay, well, this person has to have one title reign, you're not giving them a chance to, to be champion again and, you know, show you what they can really do in a second or third reign. Yeah, uh, for sure, for sure. Okay, we just got one more. I've got my number one. I went with Mayuki Takase, formerly of Actress Girls, now a freelancer. She's one of the, the tag team champions in WAVE, but kind of wrestling all over the place. And every chance I get, I am going to sing the praises of Mayuki Takase, someone who just about every Joshi company you put her right now, if you put her permanently, she could be the ace. She feels like a star. She looks like a star. She works like a star. Um, just an all-around skills, like technical, brawling, sort of the storytelling element. Like, she can do it all. And I definitely don't hear enough 
of her name in people's mouth. Um, so more of that, please. Yeah, I agree. But again, <laughs> I was there earlier. If it's like it's time, <laughs> when you when you mention Joshi Wrestling from certain promotions, people are just gonna be like, ah, I don't watch that. How do you watch it? Where do you even find it? And then even when you tell them where to find it, it's like, ah, well, I have to get up early in the morning and watch it. I have to do this. And it's like, I don't know, man. It, it's 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 funny to me sometimes with women wrestling where um there's this uh there's want this want for more of it. And you know, you can tell a fan all day, okay, well, if AEW's not giving you what you want or WWE's mm. not giving what you what you want, then watch this or watch that. And they won't seek these things out and they won't know where it is, but then they'll continue to complain that their favorite company doesn't do it. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, it's frustrating sometimes. And uh, I, like I've said for a long time, uh, as the American companies, um, knockouts, the knockout division is great. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't think that enough people that either watch just WWE or only watch WWE and AEW pay attention to Impact. And so I definitely feel like it's even harder to get somebody to watch something like Wave, mm-hmm, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. way more niche than <laughs> Impact is. Yeah, which is frustrating because to me, one of my favorite things about wrestling is discovering someone new someone says hey hey check this out uh this is great guy in jacket gate there's this this is wrestler from um atlanta like okay i'm gonna go check out the clips because we live in an era where everything is accessible when i was growing up i would read magazines about memphis wrestling and i couldn't watch it i would just be like that looks cool that's it (laughs) i'm done with it but now if you want to watch anything it's there um and moyuki is on youtube a lot right now because sendai girls has been just posting a lot of stuff free on youtube so she has a great match against dash chikasa um chisako that's a really good introduction to her um so if you're willing to to see someone you're unfamiliar with just you know I w- that's the place to start i think and then to me like i see someone awesome like that then i want to research the hell out of it and just dig 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 because AEW, I mean, the complaint, all its existence has been the women's division. Guys, there's other places to go. This whole a whole country full of all women companies. Um, and then Impact, like you said, I thought about putting Deanna on here. Because I was like, yeah. is she under, underappreciated? Like, I guess it depends on who you're talking to. Because to me, she's one of the top in her game. And a lot of people know that, but some... Some folks are mostly WWE or mostly AEW, so may not may not be checking out Deanna. So, just yeah, depends. I, I thought very briefly about Deanna, but I do think Deanna is credited largely as um, for having a really good run after she left WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, man, I still think you could have made a strong argument that she should have been number one on the PWI last year. Um, yeah. And, that's not a knock to Bianca or anybody else. I, I know because it was like it was Bianca, then Utami, then Deanna was third or fourth. Yeah, I just had it up. Hold on. Um, but yeah, you could have made an argument that she could have been number one last year. It was. I think you had it pretty memorized there. Bianca number one, Utami number one, Tari number two, Deanna number three, Britt four, and then ah, okay. Thunder Rosa five. So that's, you know, that's good. High up there. That's why I kind of 
shied away from putting her here. But again, depends how you define underappreciated because she could be appreciated even more. Hopefully people are listening to this and thinking, okay, I got to put that on my watch list along with Wave, along with um, Holodad and such. Let's recap your list, Phil. You had Holodad number five, Nyla Rose four, Shayna Blazer three, number two, Maya Uitani, and number one, Naomi. Um, anything you would change on the list now that it's out in the in the world? <laughs> um, I don't know. I I think maybe my crusade to get get Mayu as many flowers as she. I feel like she deserves. Maybe she doesn't belong as high on the list, but I do think that she's incredibly underappreciated, especially here. Um, yeah. Maybe I wouldn't have her at number two. Number two is kind of wild, but still, this is just like I just feel like she's under bridge. Mm. Yeah, it's an eye-catching thing. So that that I I'm I'm all about that. My list, I went with Jazz, Sakisama, Rachel Rose at three, number two, Mio Momono, and number one, Mayuki Takase. Number one in our hearts, um, as well. Uh I wanted to find a place for Diana, but then I kind of overthought it, I think, like we just said. And then I think we both have the same thought. Is Jazz active? Yeah. Because, I mean, she's, I don't think she's, it's not official, but I don't think she's wrestled this year. Yeah. Um, another honorable mention I had that I was very close to putting on my list, um, but I'm not sure if she's, because it seems like she's still going to wrestle, but she's not with stardom anymore is Jungle Hyona. I think Jungle is fantastic. Oh, yeah. And I don't hear a lot of people talk about her outside of, like, some of the Tokyo Cyber Squad stuff or the tag team with uh, Konami. But I think she's really good. And she never really got that uh, big title reign with the white or red belt in stardom to really get people to notice that. Yeah, her future seems kind of up in the air. So I don't know if her hiatus is for good or just she just she's left stardom which might be kind of good like i mean stardom is so stacked right now she wasn't getting that push before all these new talents and now she's not getting it so maybe somewhere else yeah um yeah i don't know um part of me would love it if she came and wrestled somewhere in america just so more she could get more eyes on her um, but there's plenty of places she could wrestle in Japan. There's plenty of Joshi promotions she could work with. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Phil, where can we find your work and what you're up to? Um, you can find my work at Bleach Report, of course. Um, I sometimes still write for Daily DDT as well. Um, and of course, you can find uh, my podcast, Rhapsody, on Fightful. And we are live every Saturday at noon Eastern. That's me, Will Washington, and Righteous Reg. Um, I think that's the only place you can find me. I'm sure there's other places <laughs> that I might be forgetting. Those are the main um, ones. And Grapsity, like, getting a lot of buzz. And really, like, I think more and more people are talking about it. So that's good to see. Yeah, it's been a blast uh, doing this podcast. Um, it seems like we've been doing it longer than we actually have, I think. Mm. Because we just started in October, so we're around six months now, five, something like that. Um, mm. But yeah, it's um, it's been really rewarding to watch our audience grow. And, you know, we're really appreciative 
for all of the people that you know shout us out or you know say that wow. we're our, we're their favorite podcast, which I just think is wild. Because like I said, we've only been around five months, <laughs> and it's hard. I mean, it's hard to to break into it because there's so many options. Um, yeah, it's a flooded market. But you know, I said I'm not going to go in for um, success, so to speak, but just to have fun and just put put stuff out there that you know like showcase these women today, the more I can do that, the better. So that's, that's, that's my thought. For sure. So y'all please rate and review us when you're done listening, be sure to subscribe to wrestle in. You will get this fine show every other week, as well as noob Japan into the WrestleVerse, our Patreon exclusive and the all Joshi show ocean cyclone show with myself, Trent and Scott. Bookmark Wrestle In for some great features and unique content across the wrestling world. A team of talented wrestlers will take care of you every week. Um, Phil, really appreciate you having on. It's been awesome. Thanks for having me. And everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, Until next time, cheers.